Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with Monkey Tennis. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Nick from Monkey Tennis here. Good news, the guys have allowed me to run a poll to see who's going to do the promotion this week for our live show. The results are in, and I can confirm that I'm the winner. So, we are coming to you live to talk all things Mid-Morning Matters Series 2 in a show that we're calling Mid-Evening Matters. So, we will be touring the UK, coming to Bristol, Manchester and London. We'll be at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol on Friday the 7th of September, at the Lowry in Manchester on Saturday the 8th of September, and wrapping up in London at King's Place on Sunday the 9th of September. You can get your tickets now at monkeytennispod.com. We look forward to seeing all of you there and on with the pod monkey tennis this is great banter hot 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 ha monkey tennis radical awesome mega are you on an e monkey tennis yeah 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 i'm spinning plates here mate i'll be honest monkey tennis there have been times when i've been more uh, robbery than turtle. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Hello, friends, and welcome once again to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined as ever by Tom Dark. Did he hit you, or was it just a shove? Nick Older. Hitting women is wrong, and has been wrong since 1978, even in Scotland. And Tom Stab. There have been times when I've been more rubbery than turgid. <laughs> oh, dear. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Wow. Well, what about my quote? Yeah. Hey! 
<laughs> Straight in with the gold this week. So here we are, arriving at uh, episode six, the final episode of series one of Mid Morning Matters. Um, Alan's quote as we uh, at the start of the credits is, uh, to reconcile respect with pa- practicality, what is the optimum speed for a hearse? Which I thought was actually a very good uh, question to the group. I think it's my favourite one of his little intro yeah. quotes in this series. I like it a lot. It made me laugh. So what's the question? Uh, to reconcile respect with practicality, what is the optimum speed for a hearse? Well, remember, remember, Adam, <laughs> what? What? Do you really need to put an H on the beginning of I that mean, I'll open the bidding at, I think, 25 miles an hour. Oh, I think that's fast, That's quite fast. Yeah. 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 A, lot of, a lot of residential areas now yeah. with 20 mile an hour speed. I'd say, I'd say five off that. And yeah, I'd say 10 to 15. Yeah. 20's plenty. 20's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> remember, kids, look left, look right, look left again. <laughs> You're listening to Safety First yeah. Nick Alder. Uh So context for this episode mm-hmm. It's episode 6 It's the final episode of this series uh, The Sky Atlantic TX date Was Monday the 13th of August 2012 The viewing figures peak for this episode Was 154,000 So that is an bit. increase uh, oh, The it? previous week's episode ah. was 127,000 So I think people are coming coming back on board Back and, for the cliffhangers yep. Yep. And this episode is Turgid and Milkshake So we're going to start, so start with Turgid Two words you'd never read really want to hear together uh, turgid no. milkshake right. I think they're playing the great escape next year <laughs> uh, so we open up the conversation with forced celebrity breeding <laughs> yes. yeah and, and my, my first note as well the uh, awful suede body warmer is back in this episode as well ah uh, yeah got some really great AP fashions throughout yep. the yep. series mm-hmm. um, but yeah forced celebrity breeding who would it be and why well Duncan in Beckles suggests that it should be Stephen Hawking and Pamela Anderson thus creating a beautiful genius or a disabled <laughs> lifeguard which, <laughs> whichever way you kind of choose I love to. the realisation from Duncan in the call as well he's like oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. oh god god yeah what, what have I done <laughs> yeah. theoretically yeah. it could be brilliant it could be a disaster there's yeah. also a mention for I think it might be from this caller that he spotted Alan in a petrol station and Alan and I quote looked quite angry but had brand new jeans on yeah, um, yeah. which I wonder if that's the sort of thing that Steve Coogan gets you know people who it's very important to them where and when they met him but actually it's of no real yeah. and this isn't the only caller in the series where they say I, I've seen you somewhere and it's always mm. a bit kind of menacing because yeah. Yeah. it seems like people have seen him but not approached him as well so it's just like people are just watching him I, from afar I could be wrong but I think the other person also spotted him in a petrol station which no, maybe no, no, no. One is, garden one's center. a garden centre oh, right, I okay. can't remember if it's this one but one is definitely a garden yeah. centre fair enough um, and yeah before we move on to uh, Zoe just a little note that Alan says uh, when they're talking about uh, disability issues you wouldn't be able to sack them not these days I think we know that Alan's, Alan's attitude to the disabled the uh, yeah. in yep. the series has been anything but respectful or inclusive it, it, it's bar- not progressive no so. there's barely not. an acceptable word in that sentence <laughs> no. which is weird because he is you know you, you get the sense that with uh, with gay people and things like he's he's trying to be better but with uh, disabled people not so much it's it's like yeah been- I, th- I think you're right with kind of issues of sexuality race whatever he kind of knows what the right approach should be he's at least he moving in the best. right direction yeah. yeah whereas this is uh, he's he's stalled hasn't <laughs> yeah he? he's not having it yeah. um, so yeah Zoe's introduced at this point um, as, as a sort of well he's, she's billed as a co-host so I think he's quite keen to elevate her let her and Simon know that she's above Psychic Simon's level. right, yeah, because he doesn't want her to be uh, termed as a sidekick, does he? That's so right. uh, they come up with banter jockey as, <laughs> uh, as any, her designation. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any theories on why he now all of a sudden has a co-host? Uh, yes, remember what happened in the last episode? No, I'll make sure. <laughs> uh, well, considering it basically ends of I'll make sure you never, 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 oh, never, 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 never. I think yeah, the implication yeah. here yeah. is he's, that he's, he's got he's given psychic Simon the sack. Ah, I didn't I, really put two and two together. No, there. I didn't either. And yeah. also, I would have thought that if Alan got rid of. Psychic Simon, he would just go solo. Why would he have to? 
Well, he's, else got, in. he's got lovely Zoe. I also think he always needs someone else to blame or put down. If he's on yeah, his own, a he's point. 100% responsible yeah, yeah, for the yeah, output. Yeah. So. It, it is also kind of local and commercial radio accepted wisdom that a male and female yes. presenting team yeah. tend to be the best on-air chemistry, yeah. which is a bit outdated, I yeah. think, but it, it, I'm sure it would happen at North Norfolk mm. Digital. And, although, interestingly, uh, a bit topically, haven't Radio 2 just changed their schedules? So yes. they've now put uh, Joe Wiley in with, with Simon Mayo. Mayo. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to they're emulate... Trying to Partridge and Zoe. Or, uh, <laughs> that could, that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why they've done it. Um, and, sorry. I was just going to say, I think the thing about Psychic Simon, it's not clear what has happened. So no. you can take the implication that he's been sacked or maybe Alan is just trying out a different presenting mm. option. Like you just, it's not clear. So that it, that is up to your own interpretation. Mm. Also, not to jump too far ahead in terms of how this episode develops, but obviously Psychic Simon is mentioned in iPartridge. Zoe isn't mentioned in iPartridge, is, it? is she? Uh, she is. Oh, is she? Um, ah. There is a quote. Um, let me just go to the quote cave. Okay. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, I thought it was interesting that as he introduces her, he points, he, he looks over to the webcam and says, webcam voyeurs, hello. So already <laughs> implying that she is basically, you know, there a, to be looked a look, at. Eye candy. Draw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There is, right, there's only one mention of Zoe in the book, and it's this. On occasions, I've shared mic space with a girl whose name I think was Zoe. Ah, uh, right, so he's, he's obviously playing down he, the emotional uh, yes. impact that Zoe had yes, on so him. so we should come back to that yes, later, definitely, I yeah. I also thought there's there's perhaps two reasons for him describing her as a banter jockey or co-DJ. Uh, one is to, basically, he knows Simon will be listening, and it's a way of uh, yeah, denigrating yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. But the other one, I think, is perhaps because he has an underlying belief that women can't be you know comedy sidekicks that that isn't that isn't uh, yeah, how, that's good yeah, that's that's it. How, yeah. how it works when I say that's good I mean that's a good theory about Alan <laughs> <laughs> so right so, no no cut that bit oh, out yeah. and just have Tom oh, saying oh, that's yeah, good yeah, and then yeah, move yeah. Jedit point there Jed don't listen to him <laughs> they then introduce a, a feature that we already know about from iPartridge Creed Crunch yes. which we did say we speculated on how could that possibly work um, so it's a, it's a religious debating competition mm-hmm. uh, yeah and it sees um, last year's winner Islam face Hinduism after the Hindus knocked out the Christians in the quarterfinals uh, and Alan has to essentially say please don't turn up and protest the station with effigies of things being burned. Does he say it again? Again. Yeah. And, does, and doesn't he also refer to them being badly made? It's yeah. kind of like it would be alright if they were burning an accurate effigy <laughs> yeah. because it's so shoddy. And then this is when they, he, talk about, he talks about Steve Doran, the weatherman, that they burned effigies of him because they just didn't like his voice yeah. and then throws to Steve Doran doing the weather straight after. Yeah. But do we not talk about this the other week that there were two people that do the weather and one is male, one is female and that was basically the gag. Yes, yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. I think that's right. Is this the point that we get the absolutely amazing shot of him sliding out of his chair? It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's very difficult because it's kind of like there's not much to talk about. He just slides out of his chair but <laughs> the way it happens is absolute physical comedy gold. So he he's asleep in a chair with mm. his feet up on another chair yeah. just gradually he basically sliding down. Sli- but, but it's like his <laughs> his elbows are the last thing to go. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It starts with his legs then his bum out the chair then it's like he's he's all kind of his clothes are codged up his elbows are still on the armrests at this point I don't know it's brilliant I would say it's one of the best Alan gifts that you can find yes. on, on the internet yeah. Yeah. Um, and and again one of those rare slapstick moments where it's mm. relying purely on the physical comedy which mm. we don't get a lot of in this series no um, off the back of that uh, they're introducing their first guest Zoe says to the guest try and enjoy it which suggests she, uh, she knows how <laughs> this is likely to yeah. go she knows what she's dealing I with I had spotted that yeah. uh, and there's another reference brief reference to Wally Banter's drunk box yes he's explaining yes. to the guests the kind of show he operates and so he he's basically <laughs> making clear that Alan, Alan's making clear his show is more in depth than Wally Banter's junk box uh, we'll, we'll leave it there we won't go down to the whole uh, paedophilia yeah. tree of, yeah. we've, we've covered that in we've done that, we've done that. 
so yes, the agony aunt. Uh, the first caller wants to remain anonymous, which I thought is actually quite a regular occurrence on Alan's show. People don't want uh, want their names going out there because the the audience sample is so small. Yeah. It'd be quite easy to identify them. <laughs> and the fact that uh, the caller wants to remain anonymous, Alan suggests, is usually a, a sign of a good call, <laughs> and, and says that Alan can then call her um, whatever he wants. So suggests that they use the name Sissy. Yeah. I also yeah. wondered. In, I mean, this it doesn't apply so much to this example, but perhaps the reason so many people want to remain anonymous is because a lot of his phone-ins are very controversial. You wouldn't necessarily want to open up your, your honest viewpoint to everyone in North <clears throat> Norfolk when it comes to, you know, what would you want to put on Abby Hans's arm or whatever. Protissory <laughs> chicken, surely. Also, also the fact about kind of opening up your viewpoint to Norfolk, it's not, it, you know, it's the fact, it's not, it's not even as large an area as Norfolk as a whole. It's North Norfolk. It's North even more Norfolk's specific than digital that. digital listeners, <laughs> mid-morning. Yeah. Yeah. But it is broadcast over the internet, meaning it has got the potential to reach millions, if not billions. I think he said billions. Oh, yeah. I mean, the potential's there. I mean, the potential's there for monkey tennis to reach billions, but let's be real, we've seen the figures. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not get bogged down in that. Um, I looked at the credits for the callers in this episode. So you have Martin Glyn Murray, who's credited as himself... I have no idea Anyone? who that is. I don't know who that is. Um, but he's been in Alpha Papa, Open Books, and is also uh, a part in Mid Morning Matters Series 2. Hmm. No idea. Uh, also, uh, Simon Greenall is one of the callers in this week's app, and so is Julian Barrett off of the Mind You Boot. Oh, oh brilliant. Nice. Yeah. And Julia Davis' in... husband. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. And he's yeah. in Series 2, isn't he? As Blackbird. Yes. He is. We will, yeah, okay. we will discuss yeah, we'll, we'll that at some that. point later, but he is. Coming up. I mean, I've seen Series 2, but it was a while ago. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Alan immediately... He opens up a whole can of worms, doesn't he, about is shoving a woman kind of acceptable or not? Yeah, he basically gets gets stuck straight in with some well, controversial people. Well, yeah, because when he asked the question, did he hit you or was it just a shove? The implication there that if if she'd have been hit, that's bad. If it was a shove, mm. it was probably fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he's very much trying to apply a sort of grading system for domestic violence, which is not okay. Yeah, um, and implying, as you heard in one of our uh, intro quotes, that 19, back in 1978, this sort of thing was acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, it became an invented uh, thing where he kind of talks about you know racism is now no longer acceptable in the same way that you know maybe a hundred years ago he thinks it was. Mm. Um, and to, with this kind of pushing thing as well, he says, well, you can push someone, but you couldn't push someone into a skip, for example. Like, yeah. That's the point at which it becomes unacceptable. And he then extends that to say, what about in the corridor or onto the carpet, which I thought was so specific. I initially thought, has he done that? And I thought, no, I reckon Carol's done it to him. Yeah. That's ah. why he's asking. Or yeah. he's invented some weird way in which Carol's done it to him and she probably actually physically hasn't. Yeah, yeah. He, he like tripped over a coat well, in it, the hallway. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like in the book when um, him and Carol have an argument and he's saying, oh, I had a bottle of wine. <laughs> but it's a bottle of wine that's unopened, unopened in front of him and stuff like that. Uh, also, in this call, because uh, I think in the they refer to as a, they refer to their year as an annus horribilis, don't they? Mm. Uh, which Alan says, yeah, it's Latin for the Queen's sad year, which I thought was another great use of, a, of an AP trope. He he thinks he's kind of educated and understand what's going on, but he's got it wrong and he basically is clueless. Yep. Um, he also, the, the call gets cut off before the poor lady that rang in gets any actual advice from anyone, which I thought was... Uh, which pretty much happens every time in yeah, this series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Zoe then says, uh, there's a quick email here from Samantha who says she has fat arms. Um, before we get on to <laughs> this... Oh, this, oh my God, they are. Before we get on to Alan's reaction to that, um, I I also noticed that um, at that point she sat on the uh, bench at the back of the studio with no microphones. So surely that's a continuity error. How is she broadcasting? Uh, Uh, Maybe they've got good mics. I don't know, Jed, from a technical point of view, would that be possible? Yeah. 
No. If you heard that, that it yeah, yeah, then yeah. he's right. Yeah, he's uh, he hasn't got a mic of his own. Um, so yeah, Alan opens the picture of the lady's <laughs> For good arms. reason, by the way. Yeah. Alan opens the picture of uh, Samantha, who says she has fat arms, and says, "Oh my god, they are vast." <laughs> and then, which is, I really love, this is brilliant. Yeah, a kicker. I've got to send this to Jonathan Ross. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, question to the group: What's the implication here? Is it that he knows Jonathan Ross? Is it that he knows Jonathan Ross likes these kinds of pictures? Is that what we're going for? I can't believe he knows him. I wonder if he's almost been on an email chain that has Jonathan Ross's email and maybe he's just got into the habit of forwarding on humorous <laughs> uh, things he's found well, I online. Think if you stay in the Partridge verse, um, obviously in, he's been in character on Jonathan Ross's chat show and uh, there have been some comic reliefs that he's done where Jonathan has been a host as well. So true, yeah. true. In, in Alan's celebrity world, they would have crossed paths, but would they actually be friends? I doubt it. And I think you're right. He's probably managed to nick an email address yeah, from somewhere. Just... So after this, we're then moving into the. Uh, thorny issue of Viagra and uh, Alan's tumescence which uh, <laughs> Alan's I'm, tumescence yeah it's, it's not a pleasant phrase is it yeah they're, t- they're talking about um, Viagra and Alan chips in don't exceed the, uh, don't exceed the stated dose so immediately you know that Alan's got some history with this yep. um, he says once I'd put a quick call into the DVLA lovemaking could begin in anger well, yeah he, he essentially he, he you get a good insight into his kind of mind because he was obviously with someone but then thinks about an issue he's got with a tax disc that means that he he can't concentrate on Yeah, he had to go and call the them and then get back to it. I wonder, yeah. who who was he with? Is this Angela? <sighs> I not... assume so, but you don't get any kind of timeline, so it is impossible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could be Angela, could be Carol, I suppose. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, the lovemaking begins in anger. Uh, he also goes on that he was more rubbery than turgid. Uh, you can't just summon up tumescence like room service. So I thought that was a nice <laughs> little reference back to the travel tavern. Yeah, That's maybe... what he knows. Summoning something... What's the obvious link? It's room service. Yeah, yeah. Because it was 182 or 183 days there, um, and some uh, dictionary definitions. Just, just in case you're you're not familiar. So, uh, turgid is a, a kind of. I'm really glad we're dwelling on uh, on yeah. turgid and tumescence. Yeah, I thought let's, let's really dive into this. So, turgid essentially is swollen. Tumescence is a quality or state of being tumescent, especially readiness for sexual activity, or if you go to Urban Dictionary, medical terminology for state of having a hard on or a boner. <laughs> Thanks, just Urban Dictionary. You weren't clear. Urban Dictionary for telling it like it is. Yeah. Um, and after that, I'll be back to some more for celebrity breeding ideas. Before that, I was going to say, does, did anyone have a note on Alan's tips for setting a sexy mood? There were three. Uh, I, I haven't got a note on this. I remember them talking about it. Uh, phone off the hook. Phone off the hook is number uh, turn one. Turn up the heating. Uh, make sure the heating's on. Oh, is make sure number the heating's three. on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm struggling. God, with no, I would um, so is no, it is it music remember. based like put it, on Enya or something? Yes, number two is oh Clannad. Clannad. No, well it's easy listening. Carpenters or Enya, for example. I can't, oh yeah, well good, good well recall of that. There you go. Well no done. Notes. Yep. Um, so there's a call comes in for the agony art, but she's not in the studio, which seems <laughs> fine until it turns out it's a potential suicide. <laughs> or so he thinks. Or so yeah, or so he thinks. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but Alan has to cut to traffic and travel. I absolutely love the way he's trying to weave traffic <laughs> yeah, and travel yeah, yeah. into dealing with potentially a suicidal caller. Yeah, yeah it's great. And again, just tripping up on the basics. So the guy's name is Ibrahim. Uh, Alan's calling him Abraham. Yeah. Not even listening to what the guy's name is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any chance of, um, you know. I any- mean, it, it's kind of. You you would expect that that Alan wouldn't really care about the details or the issues, but I think he's also thrown into a panic because he does think he's got a potential suicide yeah. mm. suicidal 
Arab caller on the line. So he or tries, a sad Arab on line three. He yeah. tries to say to him, I'll tell you something I never told anyone before. So that's talking about summer of 1980 when he crashed into a horse, <laughs> shattered both of its legs. Well, two of them, the horse yeah. had four. Do we think this story starts truthfully? Because obviously it ends with him trying to do the traffic and yeah. travel. But I, I assume all of it is made up. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. assume. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's, 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 pa- he's panicked because he doesn't have any advice yeah. for the yeah. man. He thinks yeah, yeah. he's about to kill himself. Um, <laughs> uh, but he does then talk about the fact that he's a regular crier and we get another reference to the short burst underwater yes. crying system that we talked about on iPartridge. I'm pretty sure that, I mean, we mentioned a couple of times this series how there are parts that are referenced in the book. I think it's a, I think this and the other sections are literally direct lifts as in it word for much word. Is. Yeah. I think that- I, I don't I don't I mean I don't know I don't know what you guys think but I I quite like that because I think it just enforces these character mm. traits which we wouldn't necessarily know about before. I guess a lot of viewers may not have read the books. Um, and also, it's just gold. Short burst underwater crying. Yeah, it is very good. It's a hilarious yeah. part. I think uh, the, part yeah. the, the strongest links across Partridge material are between Mid Morning Matters and I Partridge. Yes. Presumably mm. because the Gibbons brothers obviously wrote a lot of this, and my understanding is they wrote the majority of the mm. book as well. So it, it, it they would tie them together because they wrote they wrote both or were involved in the writing of both. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I assume they must have been writing these kind of alongside Kind of the same time, yeah. 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 So before we go on to wrap up uh, the turgid part of this episode, the other caller suggesting something for forced celebrity breeding, uh, it was with Kylie Minogue and David Dickinson <laughs> to make an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have uh, Kylie for the size and Dickinson for the colour, basically. Yep. Makes Coming sense. very yeah. much from a sort of recipe angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take one Kylie Minogue. Um, yeah. And then we're on to a subject that we've uh, we've covered and been a little confused by over the last few episodes of the mm. podcast, Alan's relationship with dogs. Uh, so it turns Turns out he did have a dog at 11 called Barney uh, and he becomes very emotional uh, whilst talking about Barney on air. So we had thought that uh, Seldom in Scissor Isle was perhaps a cynical move on Alan's part to appear more relatable by having a little dog I mean, friend. it's still, well, it might be. That's true. That's very true. Um, but it does seem like he, he has a good relationship with dogs that has continued throughout his life, presumably because they can't answer back and he can patronise them until the cows yeah, come. Very good point. I think, I, think he, I think he has a genuine sort of affection and love for that dog. So he does get quite sad. Barney uh, the dog, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's basically, he's pretty much in tears, isn't he? Barney and this point? is, interestingly, the probably the one thing I have in common with Alan Partridge. I also had a dog called Barney when I was a kid. Wow. Ah. Yeah. Did it, um, but did it die when you were 11 and could it balance footballs on its nose? Uh, it died when I was about 14. Oh. He is also buried in the back garden. Oh, Barney. But he could not balance footballs on his nose. Was he brilliant, uh, though? Oh, he was absolutely brilliant. He was a border terrier. I'll show you a picture yeah. at the break. <laughs> yeah, but interestingly, Barney isn't mentioned in iPartridge no. in any form, is he? No. The, the thing about um, it's in any dog mentions with Alan, it'll, it, it's all in the Gibbons era of writing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is a bit of a reverse engineering that could be happening if they had a plan for yeah. uh, Scissor Isle specials and a dog featuring. They could have kind of included this to make that. I wonder, do you think more. that they ever think um, that obviously they've written the book and now they're referencing a dog from his childhood that they've never kind of talked about before do you think they ever kind of consider whether it's a problem or there are things that they'd like to well, talk about I think about, it's quite but the, a minor detail isn't it so yeah. it's probably oh, I'm not... sure they consult the, the, the timeline that, that mm. we know probably exists but um, it's such a trivial like one liner that's I mean don't mean, it doesn't mean much but do you know what I mean it's they're adding something into the timeline that they've never referenced before what, what you're saying mm. is are we perhaps making too much of a big deal out of it? No, <laughs> do you know what I don't, I don't think we are I think they will a detail like that they will, they will go back into the timeline however it exists uh-huh. and they'll add that in at age 11 so that when they come back to future partridge right, they've got captured. a full list of all of his I mean I'm, I'm imagining they've got a writing room with a massive wall with loads of post-it notes and scrolls and lines all over it like yeah. pulling it all together mm. I also quite like that now I we've been don't. now we've been, yeah. <laughs> I like that now we've word giving them too much credit <laughs> I like that now we've been through a few eras of partridge writer that people do bring 
their own interests into the character. Mm. So Steve obviously is probably responsible for Alan's obsession with cars and the quality of cars. Mm-hmm. And now you've got the Gibbons brothers adding in the sort of dog angle. Everybody's kind of got a little bit of their own I mean, personality. More to it than just the dog angle, but it's a fair yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was an example. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so moving on from Turgid into the altogether more appropriately titled Milkshake, he, re- he refers to Zoe as a pocket ray of sunshine. He's certainly warming to his co-host, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very flirtatious. It's a bit cringe-inducing, oh, isn't it's it? Oh, re- it's difficult to watch. She, she manages it quite well, though. I think she's quite genuinely affectionate, but in a very, you know, friendly, playful way. Does yeah. she know what's going on? Yeah, no, I was going to say, is so. she being flirty? Because that's, I mean, that is another thing oh, that... I don't think she's being flirty no. in return. I think no. she's just kind of ignoring it. Yeah. I think I, she's just being friendly, though. It's I mean, uh, also, that, that is another thing that they inject into male-female partnerships on radio. People yeah. are told, you know, even you know, obviously you, you've, you're both married to other people or whatever, but do play it up a bit because listeners love of the chemistry or yeah. they'll have the kind of like you're my radio wife type thing yeah yeah exactly uh, did you anyone make a note that they have the opening jingle in this part uh, spanning the alphabet from A to Z it's Alan and Zoe but mainly Alan <laughs> <laughs> and also just the way the, the, the jingle sounds it doesn't really scan the A to Z Alan and Zoe yep, it doesn't yep. quite uh, yeah. no. it's MMM with Z, S and AP or Zap it's terrible <laughs> yeah awful it's but also stuff. very true to local radio you'd hear that sort of thing all the time and uh, uh, we mentioned David Dickinson earlier Alan's looking a bit David Dickinson in this isn't he because yeah. uh, it looks like he's been on the sunbeds uh, yeah I mean the, the outfit here just generally is also it's awful it's, it's the pink it's the bright pink jacket the black polo neck and yes a very heavy spray tan yeah. and <laughs> is the implication here that it's all been done for her benefit I think yes. so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she accuses him of a spray tan and I wondered if because because he certainly gets more orange in this era of partridge yeah. if you look at the mm, covers mm, of uh, mm. I partridge and nomad as well yes. he's he's really up to the orange and I think it's a short-lived obsession of his and did you guys all see when he uh, co-hosted TFI Friday a few years back oh yeah, yeah. he was absolute premium oh, orange really? but that <laughs> got, yeah, yeah. I guess that goes in was he was he's that to like, promote the book at the time uh, yeah I think it was a few months before Mid-Morning Matters Series 2 was on air so it probably yes. kind of tied in with that Mid-Morning Matters Series 2 came out in February there we go 2016 is it at this point that we hear Alan giving a book review of Wolf Hall <laughs> but it basically transpires that he is just reading a review off the back of the jacket and obviously hasn't read the book which he's got form 4 because he's he's done that I just said no say he's got form 4 he goes on in series 2 to do something very similar with a book mm. club where mm. it transpires oh, yeah. he hasn't read the book <laughs> yes. uh, and, and obviously in the previous episode he said he preferred the film of iRobot to the book yeah. because he hasn't read the book yep. so, yeah. and so it's a valid reason and obviously as we know he hasn't read uh, Daniela Forrest's autobiography in Know Me Knowing You where obviously it transpires uh, yeah. that uh, yeah, she yeah. is a he <laughs> Do we think Alan hates reading? Uh, Well, he's had two books out. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to think if there's been any evidence of him having finished a book. Ever. Oh, that's, that's I good. can't. I don't think so. Oh, I bet, off I bet, the top of my head, I can't. No, but he would have read like Clarkson's autobiography and. Well, oh, that's that would yeah. Or the audiobook, especially if Clarkson's reading it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing just before Book Club kicks off is uh, I noticed that Zoe is much more capable and less deferent than Simon. Um, so I was curious at this point when I was watching how she was going to uh, deal with Alan being upset. Like, or, or I was, I was thinking at this point, you know. Is she going to do something to basically get the chop? Um, we, we discover that there's other reasons that she's not sticking mm. around. Um, but um, he also describes him as like an old married couple, which reels off a, an increasingly bitter reference to Carol. Um, yes, says that she, uh, you know, this is brilliant. You're like an old married couple, but you you, you haven't run off with a, don't run off with a fitness instructor. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Actually, she's got the t-shirt. But actually, doesn't he say you'd get jealous of my career and run off with the fitness? Oh, instructor? that's right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's a really interesting insight into. 
that's his reasoning behind uh, why his marriage fell apart, which I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree is not correct. No. Shit. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Well, she's got the t-shirt. Shirt off my back. Fucking witch. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. forgotten he's on air, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's just gone There's off on so one So much that. swearing mm, on yeah. his show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she, you get the first, the first sort of note of her hardening up towards Alan, being a bit like, "Oh yeah, you really remind me of my dad." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So subtly making yeah, the absolute back, put down, back that, off, pal. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's subtle. <laughs> that's that's absolutely wounding to him, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and there's another story. Alan then tells a story about his dad getting him a, a red cake in the shape of a rectangle, which I think uh, ties into a story in iPartridge. Yeah. I think it's the, again, it's yeah, the exact yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Pretty with, much um, with his dad word. saying, "You're that to me," yeah. which yeah. he's done to Simon in yep. the previous episode. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, just before that's happened, has he not acted out drinking Zoe dry, which I just thought was a bit disturbing? Oh, yes, God, yeah. very yeah, creepy. I did not enjoy that. He references Alan being in raspberry. Zoe's sort of uh, dressed like strawberries and cream. I think in terms of reference to the clothes that she's wearing, and then Alan says that he would drink her dry. Which yeah. is just, yeah, I'm down a, to your boots. Not a pleasant phrase. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, Again, she just kind of ignores it, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's time for a little itty bitty of Squitty Politty. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, shortly after that, oh yeah, he was, he's trying to talk to her about music, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying he uses to relate. The phrase like "What's on your iPod," which seems <laughs> like now like such a dated term, despite the fact that very similar to iPod uh, to Alpha Papa's "Sling us your pod, I'll dock it." Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Although this was 2011, so wasn't it? Or- 2012, yeah. so I think iPods were probably still. Oh no, no, I mean uh, when right, this, now, yeah, now as in in modern dated. day, oh, like right. just a few years, like right. the concept of an yeah, iPod yeah, yeah. has gone on sort of out of date, essentially. Yes, of course. But yeah, she. What does Zoe say? She's got Mumford and Sons on the iPod. Oh, it's absolute yep. middle of the road, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Kings of Leon, Mumford and Sons. Yeah, and then Alan asks and then if she <laughs> likes Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah, uh, he then claims that uh, that Kate Bush has as much talent in her little finger as he has in his entire arms. Arms, <laughs> arms yeah. And I, I made a note when he's doing the tight, like the man with the child in his eyes, doing that in a load of different voices. One of them is essentially Pauline Calf. Yeah. As well, she yeah. pops up again. He, he gets—he's genuinely touched by Kate Bush, isn't he? Again, he gets yeah. very teary. Oh, yeah. here teary. he comes—the man with the child in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that. I feel like Coogan is definitely yeah. a big Kate Bush fan. I think fan. this is oh, yeah. Coogan getting yeah. in, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. because, uh, you know, he's he's performed the infamous Kate Bush medley on uh, the live show, The Man Who Thinks yeah. He's It, and he did it on a comic relief as well, and mm-hmm. that's, that's brilliant. I yeah. get the impression... She is great. Yeah, I get the impression, could be wrong, but most of the music uh, is probably one of the only things that he has in, in common with Partridge, that actually a lot of the soundtrack stuff that runs through iPartridge, he actually probably quite likes. So yeah. is, is it, do we think that maybe, like, the musical references are genuine... He likes it. I'm spe- some, of are, yeah. some of them are. I'm right? speculating. Yeah. But whereas we're talk- we were talking the other week about um, when he references some like celebrities to like take the piss out of them. Mm. So Alan doesn't like them, but Coogan probably does. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. A flip yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, his compliments to Zoe are becoming so long-winded at this point <laughs> yeah. that that even if she was attracted to him, I think they'd be putting her off. You could come in here with a garlic bulb in your mouth, two cloves in your ears, two stuffed up your nose, and. <laughs> No, just that. And, and, <laughs> but what I love about that is that is uh, is I think a direct callback to I'm Alan Partridge, where he's threatening a man with the Twix. No, with a Kit Kat. Do you remember when he's like, "I'll put two, two oh, in your yes, at the petrol station." And, and what this means is, when he trails off talking to Zoe, we know in his mind the next logical place to something put something going up above is up the bum. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so yeah, he doesn't right, yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to say that, and that's why he goes, "I'll put yeah, put two in your ears, two up your nose, a bulb in your mouth, and." No, just that. Just that. <laughs> you know what? I think you've absolutely Great that, theory. Yeah, 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 that's, that. that's my theory. He continues to try and impress her by um, explaining to her that he's going out for dinner with one of the most high-powered um, businessmen in um, Norwich who owns um, basically a range of 
a range of Range Rover dealerships, easy for me to say, <laughs> and that with six months' notice, he can get her a Range Rover <laughs> like that. <laughs> Just six months' notice required. There's quite a lot of other uh, bits of chat that I've got notes on here that um, uh, we learn Alan's never heard of Ugg boots, and I thought, good on you, Alan, well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody here familiar with kind of uh, Ugg based foot- footwear, perhaps booties? Or, I mean, I'm aware anything? of them, but I'd never wear it. No, I'd never I mean, wear a boot. Somebody tried to give me some uh, for Christmas once, right. I gave them to a dog to chew. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, would, it, would anybody would anybody on the team ever consider wearing a booty in the kind of UGG style? I mean, no. uh, it's a no from me, Adam. It's, no, it's a no from me, and it's a no from it's Sam. Definitely a no so, from uh, me. Nick. We now cut to Nick for a new regular feature on the show called Nick in Defense of Booties. Well, I'm happy to say that I will always choose to wear um, booty-based slippers. They keep you warm, comfortable, and safe in winter. I also bought Adam a pair of booty slippers for Christmas, which, as he just mentioned, he gave to a dog. So I will never, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> be buying Adam a Christmas present again. I mean, to, in my defence, I only gave them to a dog because they were too big to fit in the fire. So, <laughs> Can I make a suggestion that we want to run a Twitter poll and we post a picture of booties yes. and yeah. we say, yes. are these acceptable to be yes. worn by a male as a yes. slipper? So yeah. I, yeah. I can be number four. No, 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 no. We're not going down it's that route. It's going to be okay or not okay. Also, I think we need to include the detail that Nick normally wears them barefoot, which means they develop a stench over a matter of days. <laughs> Absolute cheese. Festival. How, how often do you wa- wash the booties? Uh, every 18 months. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Disgusting. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> Moving on from that, I also had a note that um, Alan starts using a witch doctor slash voodoo accent. And I thought, is that the uh, racist black man accent that he's referred to before when he got in trouble? <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah, yes. I, I think it might be. It hasn't stopped him deploying it again. Yet, <laughs> exactly. It? Just, just do it again. Yeah. It's fine. Um, when he's uh, following on from the the garlic bit that we just talked about, and uh, and Zoe has a, a breath of fresh air. Um, he's obviously then naturally he's talked about garlic, so it has to move on to vampires. That's Alan's mind at work. <laughs> um, and then she says, uh, "I just drive a stake through your heart." As she leaves the studio, and he goes, "You, you already, already have. have." I felt quite sorry for him then. Oh, it's so Cause, sad because yeah. she, she's stolen his heart without even realizing. And in this episode, he he does say that she's a breath of fresh air at least four times as well. Yeah. He is absolutely besotted with her. There's such a despair in the way that Coogan yeah. delivers that. You already ruddy have. Yeah. Like that kind of, it's some top-notch acting, Steve. Well done. Thank you very um, much. Uh, it's also obviously all of this is we're supposed to be watching this through a webcam so all of this is on camera how does he not know that whatever he does is being broadcast on the internet and then I thought as a follow on question do we think not a single person watches on the webcam <laughs> yeah I mean it's minimal isn't it yeah. absolutely minimal I or, or, or maybe it's increased by 2% week on week I once watched uh, a little bit of producer Jed uh, digitally broadcasting a radio show through a webcam <laughs> we had a nice little chat it was very nice uh, Jed do you remember that Yes, I do. It was creepy. (laughs) Too many words. Too many words, Jed. The one point I was going to make here is that part of me wanted, um, whilst I really enjoyed Psychic Simon, we only get one episode with Zoe, and I wondered if there was um, an opportunity to have her across the whole series and develop a kind of Tim and Dawn style, dragged out over a longer time period, so you kind of had more time to come to this, because ultimately you get 20 minutes to set this up and knock it down. Yeah, I I think it would have been interesting to watch... But I think in in the writing team's eyes, maybe it's a bit of a, a, a sim- an easy move. I really enjoyed the sort of the pathos of this, uh, the the, the yeah. gravitas, if you like, of this episode. But I think to spread it out would make 
make the whole series a different beast. Yeah, the focal point's too much I mean, on that, whereas actually, that's not the point of the show. I mean, do you really want to see Alan be successful in love, either? Well, oh, no, no, no. Ultimately, the same outcome. It's just play, play <laughs> yeah, out over okay, more episodes. We've already seen Alan potentially, arguably successful in lovemaking. Yep. Yes, that's true. In, do you, in do, do, do you like that? Nope. <laughs> do you want to move on to the other one? Nope. <laughs> also, I think seeing him shower her with compliments and her sort of politely rebuff them is fine for 20 minutes but there's a danger once that spills into a second episode it just becomes creepy yeah yeah good point yeah, yeah. especially in the current climate uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> yes. we, uh, we also uh, learned that Alan's dream is of uh, retraining to be a US Air Marshal which I quite enjoyed <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's basically so he's got a legitimate way to hold a gun, I think. I feel like that would make it quite a good premise for a future sort of Scissor Isle style mm. pear tree productions, like him in training Border for Force. the armed forces. Yeah. Oh. Or like, what, what's that show on Channel 4? SAS? Oh, like Who Dares Wins kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or almost some kind of like a Ross Kemp on Gangs type thing where... Brilliant. <laughs> would watch. That would yeah, be great. That would be very good. Absolutely. It's time to drop the bombshell about Zoe, is it not? She's going travelling on yep. Monday. Uh, yeah. And I thought, why would she be drafted in to replace Simon if, she, if they know she's only there for a week? But then I guess you don't yeah, know what the timeline know. is. She might have been doing it for three years on another That's show. That's true, yeah. And I suppose I North, Norfolk, yeah. North Norfolk Digital beggars can't be choosers. And also this show, she's not kind of introduced as a new... Yeah, I mean, it's like I, the I, implication is that they've been doing this for a little while. Or yeah, at least for a few episodes. I, I, I thought perhaps even she might have already been on North Norfolk Digital and she's been moved into the show or something Fair like enough, that. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, yep. Probably because the uh, shape uh, don't want. Uh, the way you <laughs> want it to be. To um, be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pro- probably because the station owners don't actually want Alan doing a show solo, I would imagine as well. Yeah. Um, and once she says that she's off travelling, she then elaborates talking about how she's going to go to Midnight Raves and you basically sit there and watch the chasm between her and Alan. <laughs> And grow and grow you realize yeah. how this was never gonna work yeah. and there's a there's a again there's a really nice uh bit of pathos where he just says i'll miss you while she's talking about her travels which yeah. i thought was a bit, yeah. bit heartbreaking um he tries to get her to go out for dinner as well doesn't he but she's already got a blind date with a doctor yeah the range rover guy's cancelled which i think is just a ruse that all along he, oh yeah he'd made a, a reservation for two absolutely set yeah. up that he was going out with this guy the guy cancels oh would you be interested zoe Sadly not, she's on a blind date. Yeah, yep. but it, it's, I think the way they've written this is really great because hmm. it's not like it's um, he's out and out rejected. It's just he's not even considered. You know, there was never going to be like a will they, won't they yeah. type mm. thing. And again, like in the way that they they brought in this, this chasm developing, he would want to go travelling and cuddle on a hammock. She would want to go travelling and go out clubbing. You know it would never yeah, work yeah. as and, well. And for all the pathos and however touching you think it is, let's remind ourselves that it is a 50-year-old man basically trying to ask a 20-year-old out on a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not get too teary-eyed yeah. about this. Um, <laughs> oh, but, but then I, I guess the other the sad moment, because this is kind of getting towards the end, like not only is she leaving, and obviously that was never going to work, but also that means he's left without his banter jockey and he's also without his sidekick. So yeah. Alan is left... Very, As a man alone. Very alone on the radio. Um, just a logistical point, but why is she going on a blind date less than a week before she goes travelling for three months? Is that Do people do that? I think you need to ask people that are 15 years younger than we are. <laughs> That's very true. Hey, listeners, that there aren't any listeners. Yeah, yeah. God, no. Um, so I think we're sort of drawing to a close, aren't we? Uh, Kate Bush plays towards the end of the episode. There's a peck on the cheek from Zoe and she's gone. Uh, genuine sadness all mm. round. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's it's quite a maudlin end to a, an episode for Alan, yeah. isn't it? Mm. But but I think that's good because it definitely leaves you thinking. 
there's you know that you, you feel like there's definitely should be more to come. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and as inappropriate as his advances are, you, uh, I mean, this series as a whole, but particularly this episode, you're very much on Alan's side. Like he is, he is someone that you would you would tolerate now much more than you would the Alan of uh, of knowing me, knowing you, for example. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. I I think with age comes a kind of uh, innocence that you can afford him, even if you know that in reality 20 years ago he was very much of the same opinion mm. I think there's something to do with the age that he's now at so having wound to the end of series one of Mid Morning Matters it's uh, it's probably time to have a chat about what we think of it as a whole and how it fits mm. into the, mm. the Partridge uh, universe I mean I'd probably start with saying it's so much better than I thought it would be because I mm. think we talked about being a bit nervous <clears throat> about when these were going out on the Foster's Funny and YouTube mm. channel and everything and it, it's just that thing and again, we've, we've talked about this over the weeks. The the humour relies on nuances of the script and like kind of small detail. So it's very different from what we've seen in I'm Alan Partridge sitcoms, where a lot of it is, it's over the top and it's it's grotesque and it's slapstick. Certainly the second series of I'm Alan Partridge. Yeah, partic- mm. particularly that. And that's, I think, um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk, maybe talk about where we, we mm. think it sits amongst all the other Partridge mm. fictions in a bit. But um, yeah, it's just that thing, it's... I feel like it's definitely one that really appeals to the diehard fans because you're seeing those Alan in studio bits that I, for one, would have wanted to see from I'm mm-hmm, Alan Partridge mm-hmm. series one. Well, like, you know, when he's having banter with Dave Clifton and then it cuts away. I, I always wanted to see more more of that. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's pure Partridge because it, it feels more focused. Uh, it's about subtlety, detail, mm. nuance. and it's. But then I think whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, you kind of... When you're watching it, you have to like pay a bit more attention to it. Yeah. You can't you can't let the gags like because a lot of them aren't visual; they're not sight gags. You mm. can't let them wash over you. You have to be quite tuned into. They're it. more rewarding, but they take more work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it must have been a challenge for the writing team as well because obviously, you know, traditional quote unquote sitcom, you've got more you know uh, locations. You can yeah. you can afford to be Alan could afford to be that more sort of grotesque sort of over the top character, whereas obviously in a much more confined environment. He couldn't be like that. It had to be more subtle. It had to be more yeah, I guess almost to stripped it back. Yeah, yeah tone yeah, it down, yeah. yeah. Um, I went into this expecting not... I mean, uh, hoping it would be good because I loved Alan, but expecting to be uh, underwhelmed. And I think on first watch, maybe I was, but that's because I, I was used to the Alan of I'm Alan Partridge. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that... I'm a big fan in comedy, especially of there being a narrative arc that goes across the whole series. And this is a bit more of a kind of, Mm. you could more, to some extent, you could watch these episodes in any order and they would make some sense. Yeah, I think Um, the only thing is the Simon and Zoe stuff. Exactly. And uh, it's like, I remember hearing that there was an episode, there was a series of Peep Show once that was filmed so that the episodes could be broadcast in any order. And I found that really disappointing because what I like about it is the development of of, Mm. of a story Mm. with jokes along the way. But I think this managed to work despite the fact it doesn't, you know, there isn't really no one's really changed massively there's, there's the a loose narrative arc that kind of runs through it but I think it's bearing in mind this was you know designed to be at most 20 minutes and split in terms of two 10 minute chunks they've got a nice balance of a through line but as you say you could pick this up from any episode just jump in yeah. um, so I think they've kind of struck a, a good balance in that respect and also I guess you don't really need to have seen other Alan stuff no. for this to make sense no. as well and it would feel forced given the, the limitations of it all happening in the radio station it would feel too weird to try and you know have people he knows in real life calling in and stuff like that I think you know too much I think that would that would take mm. away from it as well I think it's interesting as well I mean it, it's I think it's a fair assumption that the Gibbons brothers uh, with Steve and Armando must have been working on the book and this series at basically the same time mm. so you do get that real consistency of the character so even though the character has changed and evolved 
it kind of it really makes sense as a partridge fan that you can dip into the book you can dip into these and you're not feeling like anything's out of out of step with each other yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it complements each other much better than than, than other stuff in the partridge mm. universe uh, i did take a look at steve coogan's autobiography easily distracted as well to see whether he had much to say about this and i think this is quite interesting he says uh, for him the purest most mature and funniest incarnation of partridge is mid-morning matters uh, he thinks is as good as the first tv series of knowing me knowing you and it might even be better and he says that's all down to the tenacity of the gibbonses wow high and praise I, indeed yeah mm. and it's it's kind of like if you look across the board it's like i think from critical praise and fan praise it's like this is really highly regarded like um back when this series launched the independent said the script was red hot the radio times said it was vintage partridge yeah <laughs> hot. uh the telegraph called it delightfully low-key which i think also makes sense the fact that he is dialed down a bit but still really funny and uh kind of getting some feedback from uh partridge fans online as well kind of just some people literally saying it's the best partridge thing that's ever been made. Wow. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting. It's, you know, you've got kind of minimal production, minimal cast, but maximum laughs. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely earned its place in the Partridge um, canon. So I'm kind of with Adam in that when I watched this, I was, I don't, wouldn't say underwhelmed, but I didn't feel the need to keep rewatching it. But actually, over the years, I, I have gone back to it and I think that there's um, a lot to be uh, kind of said for rewatching it because there are kind of more jokes and you can take more out of it the more that you watch it. It's not as straightforward and simple and stripped back mm. as it looks. It's quite densely layered, really, yeah. isn't it? Because, because again, like with, um, I think it's it's a really interesting comparison to I'm Alan Partridge because a lot of the big laughs and those, they're almost like these catchphrase points, like back of the neck, cash yep, back Jurassic true. Park. Yep, yep. Whereas a lot of the best lines in this... They're much longer parts of script. Mm, yeah, yeah. Is it possible that we've come to appreciate this more because it is a slightly gentler comedy and when it first came out, we were probably more set up for, more interested mm. in a kind of a slightly more violent, more manic Alan? You're probably right. Mm. Yeah, Whereas, because yeah. It, it is, it is a, it's a gear change, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And much also, like Alan, we've mellowed with age. Well, yeah, and also we're all, you know, I think everyone here, we're all big fans of shows like The Detectorist and things like that where oh, yes. it's, it's yeah. effectively a very gentle comedy and mm. this is kind of a step towards that type of comedy, I think. Yeah. 
I think then the advantage of that, because it is mellower, gentler, when you have those moments of kind of like high tension and drama, like when he has to falling out with Simon, they really, they really work. Like they, there's a real actual proper acting and dramatic tension behind them as well. And because they're supposed to be broadcasting, it, 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 the, the sort of their real feelings are much more subtle and you have to kind of pick up on, on specific wording and, and, you know, timings and things like the way that he drops Psychic Simon's jingle into humiliate him. Yeah. Like, yeah. The way they basically use the tools of radio to tell the story is, mm. is really smart. And it's kind of that, yeah. And I guess jokes like that, like they're not, spelled out you have to pick mm. up on what he's yep. what he's doing mm. it's not just like i mean i for me my, my example of i think the gag that i always hated the most in i'm alan partridge is when he goes to start sawing up his cereal boxes like it was just like it doesn't make any sense it's like you're just doing something because it's a bit bizarre and zany to get a laugh mm. whereas this is the absolute opposite of that yeah everything has a reason this yeah time around. are we talking ourselves into saying this is the best partridge there's ever been <laughs> <laughs> no not for me no 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 what, put it what, up there. Let's, let's do that what would you put above it first series of i'm alan partridge mm. i would agree with that because because i think there is <clears throat> there's even though it's it's a it has those kind of catchphrase and slapstick moments there's still quite an interesting kind of almost bleak and kind of like depressing element behind alan because mm-hmm. you know he's he's kind of he's trying to get his career back on the rails and that's the overriding arc of it and i just think kind of so there, there is a darkness underlying it, which means it's not like you're watching an episode yeah. of Friends or something. Alan you know? is in a better place. It wouldn't even be my second favourite. I think my second favourite would be uh, Know Me, Knowing You, having rewatched that for this purposes. Of yeah, this. I would I would agree with that, actually. I think it's... Mm. But it, I, I, I think the main thing is I would definitely put Mid-Morning Matters above I'm Alan Partridge Series 2. Yeah, I'd Even agree. though I, I think that is possibly some of the Alan that people know best. In, mm. in terms of... In, well, particularly in terms of quotes yeah, across like the two Dan series, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's very hard to rank because I, I yeah. would put the books up there. But yeah, what I would say what... is this has absolutely earned its place mm-hmm. in terms of being, you know, credible, um, good writing, um, great char- character development. Um, it certainly earned its place in Partridge history, and that's uh, that's reflected very much on IMDb. Um, the uh, obviously each episode has an individual uh, rating. Across the whole series, the average is 8.1 on IMDb, which puts it just below um, both series of uh, I'm Alan Partridge. I mean, I know we've kind of looked at the IMDb ratings uh, consistently across the series, but question to the group, have you ever rated something on IMDb? Uh, Uh, Oh, Jed has. has. (laughs) has. Um, uh, FYI, this comes from uh, over 1,500 reviews. Yeah, I'm not saying they're wrong, but... Yeah. I'm interested quickly to hear uh, what Jed reviewed and how what rating he gave. <laughs> I rated Birdemic 2 10 stars. <laughs> Gosh, for, for, for one of the worst films of all time. For who can't be bothered to do uh, research, Jed Don't. was uh, Jed was integral to the making of Birdemic 2, which is why he's given it 10 stars. <laughs> uh, and just quickly... Oh, hang on. What did that bring the average uh, rating up to on Birdemic 2? I think that was a cool two. <laughs> I think it might be like 1.8 at the moment. <laughs> if anybody wants to, once you've finished uh, rating and reviewing Monkey Tennis, if you'd like to go onto IMDb and rate Birdemic 2 10 out of 10, it'd make producer Jed's day. Uh, just quickly going back to IMDb, the lowest rated episode was the episode uh, that we call, or that is called on the on the episodes themselves, Mustard and Pepper, although on IMDb they're listed as simply the best of Norfolk and wine. Uh, that's 7.8. And the highest rated was the second part of the one we've just discussed, Milkshake, or The Man with the Child in His Eyes, which was rated at 8.5. I think that's fair. 
Really? I, yeah. I don't think that's the best one. The, the one we've just talked about, Milkshake. That's I think good. It's, what, what's, the be- what's the best one? What's the worst one? Let's get into that. I think Milkshake's the best because it's got emotional heft as well as good mm-hmm. comedy. I think it's quite hard to rank them because, and this sounds like a kind of pejorative thing to say, but they do blur a little bit into one because of the type it's of... true. Like, trying to remember yeah. actually which one is which. Personally, I'm struggling to kind of identify one. Um... So yeah, I'm just going to yeah, say and, I can't and I th- remember. I think with some of them, it it is hard because there are like the the previous episode where he basically sacked Simon. I think that's a real high point in kind of like mm. the the action in the story. I think Coogan's performance is yeah, well in that it, episode it, as well. it's amazing, and, and Tim Key is so amazing yeah. throughout this whole series. Actually, yeah. shout out to Tim Key. I also thought but, he was in it a lot more than he actually. Yeah, from that, memory, I thought he was in it more than he actually is. I think yeah. he might be in series two more than he's in series one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, because like you know that that bit with with Alan and Simon that's amazing, but then all the chat with the 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 internet guy is just like mm. that's not that great. Yeah. So yeah. there are highs and lows. So it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think do, is it fair to say that that when the guests are in, those tend to be the weaker moments of the series. Uh, yeah, mm. I think it might be right. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, um, I think the the interplay between Alan and Simon is, is what probably the best after. part. Yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, before we go on to uh, a quiz, uh, just a little bit of fun. I noted down the amount of times that Alan gets Norfolk North Norfolk <laughs> incorrect in the series. Wow. Uh, if you go around the table, have a little guess. How many times do you reckon Alan gets that wrong? Um, shall I start? Yep. I am going to say eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, I was. Mm, I'm going to go with fourteen. Fourteen. I'm going to say seven. In this series, that's loads. He only gets it wrong three times. Ah. So Adzi is the closest. Yes, you mate. Know, I think I know why we're thinking he does it more because he does it in the audio. <laughs> yeah, so many he? times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think you're right. <laughs> okay, uh, so that is bringing us towards the end of the series. But a little quiz before we go. Uh, this is taken from the Big Question Alan Partridge Quiz Book Volume One by Ross Carpenter, which you can find on Amazon. Uh, so today's quiz is going to be about quotes. Um, I'm going to read out part of a quote. Uh, whoever thinks that they can complete it uh, they should uh, say their name and then uh, we'll give you an opportunity to complete it if you get it right the bell is going to ping and we'll toss up the scores at the end so okay so 12 quotes one winner here we go complete these quotes number one you're hanging around with a man who oh god <laughs> Tom Tom Stab he uses convoy as a collective term I think that's close enough. The correct answer is uh, you're hanging around with a man who uses a collective term for a single vehicle. Uh-huh. So we'll give we'll give one to Tom Stab. Okay. Uh, question two. Check generous scoring system yeah. this week. Right? Oh, yeah. It is a collective term. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we ran into some controversy on uh, recent weeks. With no, no, Nick, no, Nick no, scoring. no controversy. Let's, Let's no, not no. get bogged down Nick, in that Nick, again. Nick it was got it bang on. It was I won fine. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. My five bedroom. But Tom. Tom. Tom Dark. Bastard house. Yes. Correct. Well done. Damn it. Three. With your hot balls pushed against its... Nick. Yes. Woolly mouth. Close. <laughs> <laughs> who, Any- has, who has a woolly mouth? Anyone- I panics. I, I panic. Anyone else? I'll, I'll tell I, you, can't I, will, play, I can't place it. I will tell you one of those words is correct. I don't know. Oh, can I? Can I? Can I complete it? But I. You can complete it, but you point. won't have the won't have the point. Is it woolly back? It was woolly back, but yeah. you, you don't get a point. <laughs> Do I get a ping? Uh, you can ping. Was there, the a point, was there a point though? No. <laughs> no. Number, There's no, no point to any of this. Uh, number four. Oh, sure. Where do you want to kiss me, Alan? Blank or blank? I'm struggling Tom. with these. Tom Snap. Uh, one is Little Round Mouth. Yeah. The other one is. Oh. Uh, I know it, I know it, I know it. Uh, rosy Cheek. Oh, you're so oh, close, oh, but I can't it, give you that. Can, uh, can, I, can I buzz in? You can. Uh, little Round Mouth or Rosy Round Cheek? No, you're both oh, wrong. Can I Nick, get half a point for Nick, little... Nick, do you want to go? I, I don't know. Can I have half a point for... Uh, 
No, there's no half no. points oh. in this game. Uh, the answer was Peachy Cheek or Little Round oh, Mouth. So close. Uh, five. Michael, Michael, come in. Tell me about... Tom. Tom. Oh, the Lady Boys. It's the Lady Boys, correct. <laughs> One point for Tom Stab. Uh, number six. You've got ten minutes. Go. Tom. Tom Stab. Give it to her. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> number seven. Very good. Because to an innocent bystander, it... Nick. Yep. Looks like traffic cone theft. Yep, you can have that. Oh, I was, was, was going to say it looks like I'm not massive and haven't bounced back. <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah, actually, that, that might be a potential other answer. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I got the point. <laughs> uh, number eight. Good. Would you like a second series of your chat show? And then the response is... Tom. Yes, please. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this might be made easier if I explain that it's uh, it's a role play. Uh, oh, oh, it's yeah. Lynn and Alan, isn't it's it? It's funny being bawdy. Yeah. Enjoy it. Oh, I'll so, so I'll, I'll, I'll get. I can't. I can't remember it. Okay. But uh, are you being Tony or me? No, it's not that. But oh. it's, from that it's from that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So Lynn says, uh, "Good. Would you like a second series of your chat show?" Oh, I know what it is. And Alan I know says, what it is. Can, can I guess? Yeah, oh, not, you again, point, again no, you don't you get go, a point because you you're gonna, out. I think it'd be a little tougher than that. That's exactly. <laughs> right. You can have a ping, but you can't have a point. Had two bloody pings. I've not got points for. <laughs> uh, Be better. Number nine. It was a warm evening, and I was hungry for the two point five units of alcohol to which, as a driver, Nick, I was entitled. I was legally entitled, but yes, yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, Ten. Calm down, Lynn. You're suffering, Tom. I think that was stab just. Minor women's whiplash. Yes, that's right. <laughs> can we get a score update at this crucial moment of the game? Get a score update. Uh, Dark has got one. Tom Dark. Uh, Tom. Uh, Nick has got two. Tom Stab has got four. Oh, there are two more, so you can pull level, and there are there are bonus uh, there are tiebreakers here. Okay, uh, eleven. Uh, somebody says the chicken is empty. There is no chicken inside. Alan replies, Tom, the chicken is scared. Nope. Oh. I know. I know what it's referencing. Can you repeat it? Yep. Uh, so I know what it's referencing. The chicken well. is empty. There is no chicken inside. Nick. Alan's oh. reply. Yep. Um, yeah, I pulled that out. Didn't I? The giblets. You mean the giblets? Nope, that's not right. Ooh. But it is that conversation. Leaving only Tom Stab left to play. Oh, I know what it is! I've done it again! <laughs> I know what it is! I'm just going to... I don't know. Oh, can I guess? You can have a ping, but We're not like, a oh, point. <laughs> you haven't bought a display model, have yeah, you? that's it. Oh. <laughs> okay. And I've got so many points! Yeah. And no, you haven't. No, you haven't. Yeah. No, you haven't. <laughs> and finally, one I think is just going to be about who can say their own name the fastest. 300k. Top Tom! Ah. Uh, okay, or we take it to Sky. Yes, correct. <laughs> so, at the end of the quiz, uh, Nick and Tom Dark are both uh, tied on last place with two points. Tom Stab is the winner. And I four. win a mouthful of randoms. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, which brings us to the end of the quiz, the end of the episode, and the end of this series of Monkey Tennis. So, uh, there we go. thank you so much for joining us, and uh, please do keep any feedback coming. ThePartridgePod at gmail.com. We're at ThePartridgePod on Twitter. Uh, it's Facebook.com slash ThePartridgePod or at MonkeyTennisPod on Instagram. Uh, we really do appreciate it when you get in touch and we try and read out as much feedback as we can uh, more from us coming up in the uh, near future there's obviously the second series of Mid Morning Matters to tackle uh, and, and the brand new Partridge show coming at some point whenever that may be whatever yes. it may be so uh, we will be back in touch soon but thank you so much for listening please do uh, rate, subscribe and all of that gubbins uh, from all of us at Monster Tennis <laughs> the Alan Partridge fan podcast thank you and goodbye goodbye, goodbye. Bye. Bye. 
Hello beloved Monkey Tennis listener, it's Adam again from Monkey Tennis. As I expect my past self has just told you, you've now come to the end of the current series of Monkey Tennis, so you might be looking for a new podcast to listen to. May I humbly suggest Reads Like a Four, my other new podcast that sees me speaking to a different critic every Friday about reviews, pop culture and professional criticism. So far, I've spoken to Pitchfork's executive editor about upsetting Ryan Adams and reviewing the Pope, legendary pop writer Peter Robinson on Ed Sheeran, shit pop comebacks and who's to blame for a bad review and filmmaker Charlie Line about snobbery, teen movies and why he made a 600 minute film about paint drying. If you've ever read, written, enjoyed or hated a review, Reads Like a Four might be for you. Find it wherever you get monkey tennis or on Twitter and Instagram by searching Reads Like a Four. I hope you enjoy. Monkey Tennis is a post-pop podcast produced by Jed Shepard. If you're interested in podcasts about Red Dwarf, X-Files, what to watch on Netflix or TV pilot episodes pitched against one another, find them at postpoppodcasts.com. Our artwork is by Finn McLean and you can find his website at finn.design. The theme is an excerpt from Galloping Home by Dennis King. Thanks for listening. Monkey tennis? Well, uh, this is great banter. Ha, 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more... Robbery than turtle. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.